You don't want to talk about I am, um, that's fine. No, I mean, I'm in California. Well, you know how it is. You go to these conferences and there are the sure. Chatham House rules, which for people who don't know, um, this, the, the general premise there is that you can talk about the event. You can even describe the conversations you're happening, having, but you're generally not disclosing who the person is that you were speaking sure. to. Like yeah, it's, fair. it's effectively on, on background, uh, of sorts. Yeah. It um, also so, yeah, provides I've been, Alex Jones with an entire career. Right, because it makes people think like, oh, there's this big secret cabal they don't want to talk about. Yes. It's like, oh, it's just being polite. I no, it's, I mean, and this and is just, a uh, it's like. There's also a yeah, cabal. Yeah, well, it's a cabal. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a gathering of very, So who very are these smart... Jews? <laughs> <laughs> Name of the episode. Yeah. Early so, on. <laughs> no, it's a gathering I wanna, of I very smart. To, I want to say to our, our rabbi listener, who uh, um, I consider a friend and, and I really like. I'm sorry about that comment. <laughs> it's, by I will, the way, I will it's, go to whatever the Jewish version of confession is and, and talk. Yeah, I'm, about. I'm at wearing this point, Yeezys it's, right now. Actually, <laughs> it's we have a couple questions on point, but uh, I just want to say by by now we're talking about rabbi listeners, Michael. There's just like oh yeah, we have multiple. No, there's yeah. a lot. Multiple like the, rabbis. Oh, we have a, this is like the most Jewish podcast with no Jews. Like Camille, you should, like, you should be like Sammy Davis trouble. Jr. or something, just for the hell of it. But I kind yeah. of am, like Cohen and Leah. I kind of am. Um, except I, I love Kanye West. I'm not, I'm not going to quit him. I'm not, I, I oh still hold God. out hope for his redemption. Uh, but yeah. I was saying that it's one of these, <laughs> it's one of these small confabs where you have a bunch of very accomplished, mostly tech and social, entre- like uh, social entrepreneurs. Is that a fair thing to say? Like people who do activism and try to achieve social change like very accomplished yeah, people but the person you and told me about you were having a back and forth as a journalist right ish yeah they're journalists well, here as well yeah um so it's it's a number of people like the move in elite circles and somehow i get invited to these kinds of shindigs every once in a while and as one can imagine if you're having conversations about the issues of the day there are a couple of issues where if i'm likely to pipe up and say something um it might <laughs> Kind of animate conversation. (laughs) Um, By the way, I think of you walking into these conferences like a boxing match where you, where there's like walk-in music and it's Michael Jackson's (laughs) want to be starting something, got to be starting something. I'm not that bad. I'm going to, I'm going to start something right now. You're a very I don't leave. (laughs) I don't leave with the intention of doing this to people. But yeah. but uh-huh. yes, if you invite me to your conference, I might make it more interesting, and people will want to come back. And I, I'll say this: even people who don't like me end up liking me. And it was it was interesting, and we had good conversations. I I can't say a whole bunch, but I will say that I had a conversation with a prominent person who works on social issues, and who was making a case for um, addressing systemic injustice, essentially throughout society. Um, and, and talking that about like, woman the obligation. Was Vice President Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but, but like tech companies and their obligations to do various things. Um, and, you know, it's so interesting to hear how these conversations happen because I heard an assertion twice uh, over the course of the last couple of days that equity is essentially a founding principle of the United States, like a core value of the United States. And I'm like, Say where? What? And what founding document does that exist? Yeah. And what they seem to be describing is the notion that, you know, no matter where you come from or what your background is, you have an, an equal shot 
uh, uh, um, achieving success. And, you know, that kind of leveling is a kind of interesting ideological commitment for someone to have for themselves. But that equality, that sort of equity, um, the kind of equality of outcomes sort of situation is not an equal shot. Like fundamental. Yeah, opportunity is fine. Equal protection, but even equal shot. That's not even that necessarily true. It's equal shot under the law. Like it's equal equal protection under Mm. the law. Yeah, that's what I mean. Of course, we come from different. Yeah, we come from different circumstances, and we have all of these distinct disadvantages and advantages. Um, all of these different characteristics. But the issue, of course, is that they imagine that you can flatten everything to this one dimension race, that you can talk about the history and the current and the future of the United States along this one axis, the fact that there happened to be slavery here at some point in the past. And it is, it's just so absurd. Like, imagine trying to do that with anything else. And there's you this know, a, presumption that you can, that you can actually do this in a respectable yeah. way. It's like the yeah. it's the Ibram Kendi, um, Nicole Hannah Jones perspective and theory of history that there can be only one. There's only one fact of consequence, and it is the fact that there was slavery in the United States, and it explains everything else and ought to inform all other policies. It's and it's perverse. Too bad. It's really too bad that Europeans love this idea so much, <clears throat> and it's really germinated in so many places across Europe. Because it's, it's exactly what I've experienced in Europe in a different way, but they don't recognize it, is this kind of argument, which they love so much, is exactly what they beat me with for years, which was American provincialism. And there's something incredibly provincial about this way of looking at the world, is that if they went to like Abkhazia <laughs> and they say, wait, these neighbors, they're like different, they don't. The, the the Georgians and the Ossetians and the Russians and any place, uh, the Transnistrians and the Albanians and the Armenians, like nobody likes each other. And everybody has a very, very dirty, checkered, and um, usually violent history. So Americans, they think this is an incredibly unique thing to America. Like it's, it's, it's so, it's ingrained in who we are. It's kind of ingrained in who everyone is in a way, mm-hmm. like the, 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 t- treating everyone horribly. Because I'm trying to find a space in history where it hasn't been that way. And so far, I'm coming up empty. So if anyone can find it, please tell me. I'd love to, I'd love to hear it. It's interesting that uh, as I was just, as we were, you know, we were preparing for this and, and uh, my wife was preparing dinner upstairs, she was uh, unusually not listening to the fifth column, which is what she usually does there. But then the, the other option is uh, Alain Finkelkraut. Uh, Finky, uh, as the French call him, he's a yes, philosopher. I, I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, who's a very interesting guy. He's basically, um, I'm going to overly reduce all of this, but like, if there was a philosopher who is super kind of rational, uh, a little bit reactionary, um, and was um, kind of channeling uh, Michel Welbeck's values into non-crazy town. Um, that's kind of what he's been doing over the years. And, uh, her dad loves him. And this, what was the subject was, uh, anti-wokeism in French, in France. Like, it's a huge thing. Thomas Chatterton Williams, uh, wrote a recent piece in, uh, The Atlantic about just that and his own concerns that anti-wokeness is starting to get, or anti-wokeisme is starting to go too crazy. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, as uh, Douglas Murray said with us, uh, America exports some really dumb ideas yeah, <laughs> right now. We're net exporter of a lot of a lot of garbage. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I'm glad. So this conference isn't done yet. So there's more stories to be told in, uh, in the future, I suppose. It's, but uh, it's done. But there'll be there'll be more things that that come out 
of it that He's will dribble out like, slowly. What, what, I'm just like you were eating like <laughs> Funyuns, and now it's like a sandwich. I was, and I was at, at the gummies. conference. I was trying to eat. He's eating ribs. And I was I was cornered. <laughs> and, Why do you have a and we ended up ribs? in this. We ended up in this intense conversation, and I I'm st- I'm standing there with a plate in my hand of uneaten food, like having yeah. a conversation. It was as, super interesting. As a, a chorus of people call nice you a people. sellout. <laughs> no, no, no. You cannot eat. This is a, a little true fact about conferences. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit. A little bit. Yeah. And one reason never to go to them is that uh, it's impossible to eat. I never eat. The only way eat. to eat at a conference is to fuck off and go yeah. and <laughs> sit somewhere yeah. off site by yourself, yes. sadly. Uh, it's why I get defiantly. so wasted at those things, like conferences and dinners and stuff. <laughs> Because you end up talking to people, and the only thing you can do in between when the other person is talking is just, you know, slug booze. Yeah. And it's always a bad, it's a bad scene. It's the conference. The conference has been drinking, not not me. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Well, this this was worthwhile. There were lots of smart people there. There were lots of interesting conversations had. And my my favorite thing is to say something um, somewhat scandalous and then to be uh, accosted in the hall by people who really enjoyed it um, and would have never would have agreed and agreed before they came into the room, but would have never dreamed of saying it. Um, and my message to you, because some of y'all might be listening now, is uh, um, just say it next time. What's yeah, the worst that it's, can happen? It's, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 ask the Gilbert, we'll ask the Dilbert guy that in about a month, right? Uh, I don't even know what happened. I, I don't even know what happened with the Scott Adams I just, thing. I, I know the only thing I'm going to say about it he posted is something, that I was I like, know. The guy probably made a point in a really bad, like a clumsy way. And, you know, it's probably unfair. And I watched it. I was like, I'd cancel his, car- his cartoon too. <laughs> what the fuck is this guy talking about? <laughs> Honestly, dude, what are you talking about? And like, don't be obsessed with race in the way that everybody else is obsessed with race, you psycho. Yeah. He's well, like, is, don't have black issue. friends. Like literally was like, stay away from black people. Because um, I saw a Rasmussen poll where like, you know, 50% said it's not okay to be white. Uh, like it's just a weirdly formulated poll and he goes off on this incredibly stupid and i was like this doesn't even make sense and why but, would you do this like you know but but importantly but you, you should importantly know. if a yeah. white person said if a black person mm-hmm. said don't go near don't go near black um if a black person said don't go near white people white people they are get dangerous tenure. White people. I mean, <laughs> honestly, like seriously, like that is how yeah. that is how crazy yeah. things are. Like yeah, we've worked at the New York Times. There's this. I had a debate today about whether or not we've overcorrected on these social justice things. I can acknowledge some of your concerns. Of course, history has bearing on the present and the future. Um, do you think maybe you've overcorrected a little bit? No, no. no. And maybe no. even if we have, it might be necessary because you can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was, of course, said <laughs> in the context of Stalin's genocide. By the way, that's where that came from. I didn't, but I didn't um, want to yeah. mention that at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I, but I noted, I noted yeah. the origin of the phrase. Um, yeah, but if you say to people, it. it's like talking to people who are um, religious fanatics. And you say, do you think you love Jesus too much? And they're like, what? You can't <laughs> love, love Jesus, Jesus too, much. too much. It's just, he is light. He is. And it's like, okay, all right. I think we're not going to be able to have And, a, and obviously that is true. You really can't, you, you can't love yeah. Jesus too much. If he tells you that to put your son up there on the thing and slaughter him, you have to yeah. try to go through with it and hope he'll try. stop you. Jesus yeah. <laughs> didn't 
say that. It was the, the other guy. No, it was Steve. Jehovah. Je- uh, by the way, uh, our God listener in three Frank, persons, Matt Welch. God in three persons. Listener oh, Frank uh, pointed out in an email that finally a new Kyle Donegan episode dropped five days ago. I, did, uh, I haven't watched it yet. I, did, I watched it instead of looking through my emails because once I saw that, I was like, okay, I got to watch I it. I know. I wanted to watch it, but I was in a, I was in a very remote place where the internet connection wasn't so good. How's um, the vomiting connection? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm connecting in a flight, right? So I'm cl- connecting in Miami. And uh, the person I'm with uh, gets a text message from the people that have, so there's about 10 people in this house. They say there is, um, appears to be a stomach bug, like a neurovirus kind of thing that might be brewing. And I look across at the, at the um, gate that we happen to be by, just not, we're not the gate that we're supposed to be at. And it says uh, in 45 minutes or an hour or something, there's a flight to Grenada. And I was like, how hard would it be to get on that flight? It's like, what, why? I'm like, I, let's, this, maybe Grenada would be a good option. Let's invade Grenada <laughs> like it's 1983 and just not. Get, so it's like, all right, maybe somebody got food poisoning. They all eat the same thing. Be fine. Uh, nope. Um, it was an Agatha Christie and then there were none. And yeah. every single person, every single person had a, an experience of unbelievably horrible vomiting. <laughs> and I'm just kind of getting over it now. And um, beautiful place, beautiful beach. I mean, isolated, you know, five miles of beach, you know, miles on either side of just yourself, you know, the crystal clear water. And the other one thing is that left a day early because for, for my daughter's birthday um, yesterday and uh, got Happy text from one of the people there and said, oh, you missed uh, 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 yesterday. There was a, there was a shark <laughs> at the beach just kind of hanging around. And I was like, what? I just vomiting want, I mean, what, sharks. What kind of- like, what Maybe kind I'm of shark? Go to Manitoba though? next time. Like, it's like a nurse what, shark. Like an, I don't know, like a Nazi shark. Like one of the ones that yeah. hates <laughs> Jews and eats people. I just want to say how <laughs> on brand everyone's choices are. Camille like fucks off and goes to a, a shitty elitist conference that's off yeah. the record. It was not called, like, uh, It's the Doghouse <laughs> Conference, yeah. uh, uh, 2023. Dog Lords of, of <laughs> I was going to say the place name, but I can't. Moynihan uh, like, celebrates it being the uh, the off week. I don't know if it is for uh, for uh, Olivia's school, but it's, it's for most New York schools by like yeah. going to a remote island with 10 people and everyone barfs on each other. Yeah, yeah um, it was amazing. It was a I fetish go, island. It was barfing fetish. Did you go to Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> island for? Uh, yeah, for... I, honestly, if he was there, I'd be like, dude, can we go somewhere? Let's get out of this place. It's fucking lame. Everyone's puking. <laughs> yeah, can I bring some friends? Yeah. No, well, he was. He'd be like, oh, school's off this week. It's awesome. <laughs> so, oh. God, we are going in yeah. this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and I and I went oh, to Long man. Beach and had Shabbat with Hialeah and <laughs> uh, and uh, some of our closest friends. There so it was uh, I mean, that's Ben great. Price. Uh, I think it's today or yesterday, uh, but we celebrated. There it was his fortieth birthday. Uh, beloved listener, one of the original listeners, Ben Price, and he's, yeah, he's the one. An OG who's, listener, thank you. He's ben, the one who. Uh, Happy birthday, buddy. Who's like. For a guy who's made had so many bad life choices, he's so smart. Like I'm curious about the delta between those two things. But uh, I uh, literally like, thought you were going to say he looks like he's fifty. <laughs> like, no, for a guy, he looks a lot about of bad 40. choices. Yeah, he looks about forty. Yeah, uh, Coco's <laughs> totally playing his two uh, uh, kids off of each other, which is pretty hilarious to watch in real time. Uh, but it was yeah, an absolutely lovely event. Ben is Ben is brilliant, and uh, and Hiley is incredibly uh, generous as is Brooke, her uh, husband. Um, I'm to let these 
psycho psycho fifth column listeners into their house to observe an unorthodox family. I honestly (laughs) don't. I mean, you're a better person than I am. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let them in my zip code if I could prevent it. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Welch Welch is the one who on his own time will like come to your house listener if you email him. So just send him your address. Yeah. He'll come over and have dinner with you and your family. Like that's If you send me your address, I will literally (laughs) contact the person that I know at DHS and you'll never be on a plane again. I'll make sure. I'll make sure you're on a no-fly list after that. It's not not just never fly coach. It's never fly. It's ne- never, never fly. Again. Never fly yeah. again. But I came home for my daughter's birthday, uh, which is funny. And by the way, speaking of, I want to be starting something. We were listening to that. Um, we were driving back from uh, our our fun day of shopping, and in in Williamsburg, and um, on Spotify now. You know, it's like on the screen of the car, and the lyrics come up if you like press the button and the layers come up yeah and it's scrolling but and it's of course all the hilarious things we've talked like you know you're a vegetable which is like the weirdest <laughs> lyric of all time but in the middle of it i always forget that ben carson wrote half the song he's like if you don't if you can't like fund a baby don't have a baby you know that whole thing oh that no, whole, he's like larry he's elder bit that he does He's going too fast. I'd never understand what he's saying. What's he saying? Yeah, he's like, he's like, if you, I have to look it up. He's up all high. It's up. Yeah, exactly. If you can't take care of the baby, don't have the fucking baby. And I was like, is that true? Yeah, that's what he says. It's like, it's literally like written by Michael Steele. Yeah, it's literally. He used to be a conservative. Michael Steele. Yeah, the old Michael Steele. Oh my, like the new Michael Steele lyrics are like, man, Russia. <laughs> just giving him a black scent, by the way, that he doesn't have at all. Yeah. No, that was the Michael Steele accent. That's not a black scent. He's just Russia. Um, let's see. <laughs> Your vegetable, of course, is still they hate you, which I don't understand. Yeah. Um, where is the baby bit? Because there's a lot of vegetable stuff. If you can't feed your baby, yeah, yeah, then don't have a baby. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And don't think maybe if you can't feed your baby. <laughs> You'll wow. always be trying to stop that child from crying, hustling, stealing, lying. Now the baby slowly dying. I was like, "What's wow. up, right wing? Uh, right wing? Pull yourself that's... up from your bolt by your bootstraps." There, yeah, exactly. Welfare Jeez, queens in the crosshairs. No, that's like Star Parker. Do you remember her? <laughs> She's writing lyrics for Michael Jackson. Good God! If you can't mm. have a baby, maybe it's a pro-abortion song. I don't know. But it's really weird, also so. because we did. I think so. We 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 listened to um we listened to a lot of eighties music because my daughter likes it. But you know um the Madonna song, which uh, is um I I can't figure it out because Papa Don't Preach. Papa Don't Preach, yeah, yeah, because it's like is her dad like a Roe v Wade activist and she's like <laughs> anti-abortion because she's like much. yeah she's keeping, keeping the baby I'm keeping the baby yeah she's, she's like keeping the baby Papa Don't Preach. I've made up my mind. I'm keeping the baby. He's like, what? Abort it. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. is that, am I reading this it's a wrong? different time. No, that's it's a different, it's a different time. time. And, and you know was... who the dad is, right? You know her father is. <laughs> Danny uh, Aiello. No. Right when oh, we're going to take in, Danny Aiello. Yeah. In the video. In that's the video, right. Yeah. It's Danny Aiello, who was Danny. a big uh, conservative. And, and who was uh, incredible in Do the Right Thing. He had a great 80s. He had a very good 80s. He was like in that Friends of Abe universe uh, from, according right. to many people who I knew that uh, knew some of those people. Um, but yeah, he was, he uh, nevertheless played the, is he like an evil guy in that movie? He's like, he owns the pizza shop, right? No, I mean, uh, one of the reasons why I do the right thing is great, although I know uh, Moynihan, you disagree and Camille might be on the fence, but um, is that like, you understand what he does at every step of the way and you sympathize with it. 
He's yeah, like yeah. he's trying to he's trying to make a buck, and, and Mookie's kind of a piece of shit, and he's the one who throws the, the, the trash can trash through can window, through the yeah. window at, at the last minute. And and I, I love that Spike's interpretation is like, of course he he should have done that, and he was morally correct. But the movie is good enough so that you can absolutely say Mookie was wrong and Sal was right. Um, and it's uh, it's I think it's uh, more to the, to the people that Camille talks to at conferences like this, and the yeah. people that we all know and <laughs> interact with. Do they all have it, Indian it, it, first names? Are they all named like Vishek? No, that, no, these, no. <laughs> they're all running for president. <laughs> right. um, no, this is. <laughs> I'm just. It's I'm trying to back. No, th- th- this, this, these are the people that are like those um, uh, whites uh, that we all know that are like you know. Oh, New York was so much better back in the old days when the crime and the, that's the racial version of it. They wish it was throwing garbage cans through the window. They missed the days of like Crown Heights riots where it's just like out there. And there was like racial strife every day on the streets. And they'd love to recreate that now. But it's just like most people just can't be bothered because things aren't that bad. <laughs> you know? What you should so. do to scare yourself straight is listen to uh, John Lennon's uh, Sometime in New York City. And then you go, oh, yeah, I don't want I don't want to get that. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny that our friend Eli Lake, who I think recorded a podcast that is not out yet um, about maybe about this subject, but he texted me that he was listening to Sometime in New York City. And he, and we both agreed that it is a deranged uh, record, and it's really good. It's got because, like two or three fantastic songs. I mean, I even like the song about Free Angela Davis. I mean, Free I the like the Angela Davis song, um, which is like really, like Angela, they put you in prison. Angela, they shot down your man. It's like, well, yeah, he, he <laughs> killed a guard. In the in in Attica, or it was his brother who killed the 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 uh, um, judge. So I think if you go back and look s- at that story, <laughs> the Stones win the best Angela Davis song competition. Wait, what was which one was that? Sweet Black Angel. Oh yeah, Sweet Black Angel. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She had a lot of songs about her, including throwing uh, end bombs for for Camille. You'll like that song. They they don't they don't say anything about the uh, the Mayflower in those songs. <laughs> No. Oh, can you wow. can you briefly can you explain, tell people? Can you explain that? Can you explain the reference, Camille? Yeah, we got at least two or three emails from people like, "You guys, did you see this?" Uh, and the text message. So explain it because it's fantastic. Yeah. So Angela Davis sat down for a recording of "Finding Your Roots." This is the PBS series hosted by, um, gosh, three names, and I can't remember any of them. Henry Louis Gates. Oh yeah, former guest, guest on, on the show. This, You've guest on yeah, this podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah twice yeah, actually. Yeah. And Henry Louis Gates, as he does, revealed some interesting details uh, to her about her ancestors. Um, It appears that Miss Davis, uh, a a civil rights radical, she's not an activist. She's a radical activist. I mean, Um, beyond radical. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he he discovered that she has uh, she's a descendant of people who were on the Mayflower. Um, which mm-hmm. would suggest that there is some uh, contamination in her genes that she yeah. is more, <laughs> you more ask American her reparations. than most people. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> There's some culpability and guilt there. Yeah. And if you watch, send her a self-addressed stamped envelope and say, <laughs> insert check here. <laughs> I don't know if we'll put the audio in, into the recording, but if you watch the clip, oh, it's hilarious. It's amazing. After he informs her. She says, no, no, nope. no, 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 not me. No, 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 it was the best one since the unaired, oh my uh, one with Ben Affleck. Was when he tried ben, to get was it Ben Affleck. 
Yeah, it was. It was Ben Affleck yes, one where because- he found out that that like he was like the son of John C. Calhoun or something. Yes. He was like, he was like, yeah. no, we're not airing he that. He was descended by he people was... who owned a plantation and owned like yes. a bunch of slaves. Uh, yeah. but it's, it turned but out it's his funny, father I... owned slaves like in the 70s. Yeah. And he was like, uh-uh, I, I can't do it. I thought about that one too. And it's, it strikes me that while this is funny, it's also a great illustration of why this kind of shit like actually doesn't yep. fucking matter. Like it's it so does dumb. not matter what good grave, what grave yeah. crimes or what noble deeds your predecessors performed. You mm-hmm. are yourself. You are mm-hmm. responsible for your own bullshit. And you're not obliged to apologize for their crimes, which has implications for some of the broader political projects that you might want to uh, be become engaged in and, and obsessed with. I think there's something very arbitrary about making... Um, atoning for racial injustice, like your raison d'etre and presuming that there is a fundamental obligation societal wide is in fact to atone for this one particular way that you might be born into the world that may have some implications for like how your outcomes will be in certain circumstances again, may, but there's a universe of other things that might happen. Like if you're, mm. if you are blessed like I am with great bone structure and facial mm. symmetry and it makes you incredibly handsome and debonair, like that is privilege. That is a privilege of a kind. If you're born like LeBron James, freakishly athletic, that is privilege of a kind. Should we address these defects, these unfair endowments, <laughs> um, so that we can level the playing field? Should we do something about children born into two parent households when you have two parents who love and care about and adore you? I mean, this is unfair. It's unjust. It's great long that, before that we the tolerate hot, this. The hot thing happens. I was driving today from the city. I drove up to, to East Egg today. Um, and I was driving through East New York, which is uh, one of uh, New York's most prestigious neighborhoods. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, when it comes to like, you know, running the tables and shootings. And there was a woman um, who was oh. in the street with, a, you know, one of those rolling carts full of garbage and whatever. And she was like stooped over and like talking to herself and like looking at me. And I was like, I was like, could you fucking get out of the street? I'm trying to, I'm going to run you over if you don't like move. And I thought about this. actually true. I was thinking about this today. And I was like, if that woman was six foot three, like looked like the the hottest woman in the world, Giselle Bunch, whoever, think of a model you love. And that was her. And she was the exact same person. She would just be some rich guy's crazy wife. (laughs) <laughs> she, she would literally be like, you know, in court right now trying to get half of it as she like mumbled to herself. I mean, I've seen this so many times in my life of people who have unbelievably out of their league, crazy girlfriends, but they're, they're rich or they they do very well in life. And like yeah. that woman's just really, it's unfortunate because nothing in that way was working for her and it didn't look like it had ever had. And it's not like sure. just some weird twist of fate happened. But if she was you, like ultra babe, she wouldn't be pulling that cart around in the middle of the street in East New York. We need to do something about that. She needs some sort of <laughs> reparations from the hotter people yes. in the world who have gotten and, that, that privilege that they didn't deserve. And, and look, that's a, it's, this is an inherited trait. So one can imagine that epigenetics is at work here. That there is a, a legacy of it, of grave injustices that have been visited upon her predecessors because they were similarly ugly. Like this mm. is it again. It's not exactly analogous, but it's not so far removed. Like there no, is genuinely something very arbitrary about the our obsession 
with this one particular attribute. And again, it is, it's Black History Month. This has been all over the place. And I was attacked by Nicole Hannah-Jones um, online this week for having talked openly <laughs> about it. But there are people who imagine that America's success, whatever it is, however successful it is, however you want to describe it, is fundamentally a function of the fact that slavery once w- took place on the continent, um, that, mm. that Americans held slaves, that it endured to the point where we had a civil war and fought it and eventually the institution um, was ended. But that is the defining characteristic of the country, as Ibram Kendi put it, that, that what has built the country wasn't freedom. We know what it was that built the country. And the notion that the fundamental defining characteristic of America is slavery and not any number of other things um, is just absurd. And the other thing that I think is actually far more likely to actually be a defining characteristic relative to other places um, that also uh, imported slaves um, and pretty, pretty much virtually any other place on the planet, actually, is, in fact, like a commitment to human freedom and the steady expansion of that um, privilege of those rights to a broader and broader swath of humanity. So of course, that's been consequential. Sorry, I don't know who did that. Buzzing there. That yeah. was me. Um, no, it's it's really interesting because the response to that, which, I mean, a couple things is, number one, as somebody who's, um, you know, phenomenally attractive, I, I do uh, do my part. I give, um, <laughs> you know, on the subway, other places, I give $5 bills to, to ugly people. To ugly people, um, you see? And yeah. just say, thank you. Thank you for allowing me <laughs> mm-hmm. to cut you in the line and do all the things that you couldn't do as a busted human, as a human of busted roots. Thank them uh, for minding the gap, right? They're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. creating the gap. Yeah, they're creating the gap. Yeah, your um, horrible face that looks like it was hit with a cast iron pan over and over again and then run over <laughs> with a, a yeah, golf yeah. cart. Uh, wow. That has allowed yeah. me to leap ahead of you, number one. You're number an two, ally. You're an ally. I, yeah. I, I'm an ally to them. I, I can't give $5 to everyone because I don't have that much money. But And I'm, you know, everyone is really, you know, beneath me in that sense. So, uh, but the other thing is like when she's like, well, you know, these are, um, you can't say this about all these other uh, places, Camille. I mean, they're islands and they took the money and they brought it back. To oh, them. yeah. It's like, I, I'm sorry, did was the island of Brazil is not something, what are we talking about here? Because that, a lot of slaves in Brazil and didn't really yeah. work out in the, in the same way. But it, I, I would just say this, that in thinking about these things in a monocausal way, um, 40, 50 years ago, if you're an economist, I mean, you wouldn't make it into the profession at all. You're saying like mm-hmm. the entire country was built on this one institution, full stop, end of story. It's why it's successful. People would say, well, that's not a very rigorous academic way of looking at things. There's about a thousand <laughs> factors I can think of at the top of my head of why, you know, countries develop the way they do. It's not to say that it's not a factor. Of course it's a factor. It's, things like this are always a factor. But that's Un- the... The but I mean, it's also not very productive labor, and there's all. You know, it was any- the importance of the uh, uh, on the academic side of the the theory of King Cotton, which I think was the yes. name of a book twenty years ago. That's what laid kind of the intellectual groundwork by saying, you know, it was cotton uniquely to the Americas. It was uniquely important, and they were uniquely good at it, and it was uniquely uh, required slave labor. That explains the whole why things are. And there's been great debunking. I think it was Deirdre McCloskey. Speaking of someone who's trans. Um, mm-hmm. 
who wrote a, a great the great initial debunking of the King Cotton thesis in the pages of Reason like fifteen or twenty years ago. Yeah, there's been a lot of academic work just kind of <laughs> saying like shredding you're kidding. it. Yeah, but really that was an, yeah. that was enough to help create it. Now I'll say this as a, an attempt to really forcibly never have the the initials uh, nhj uh grace this podcast uh again or at least for like you know two consecutive episodes um but that and also to tie it back to the henry lewis gates uh, angela davis thing like um i was just out in uh in california with my mom who's done uh, history books including one about my great 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 grandfather who was a civil war general for the north um but she's also done books in family genealogy uh, about people who were uh, on the southern side of the Civil War. If you are an mm. American and you have at least one or two relatives or, or lines that go back to, let's say, 1800, I would have to imagine that the chances that you have people, direct relations down to you, um, who are on opposite sides of the Civil War are pretty good. I don't know if it's 25%. I don't know if it's 10%. I don't know if it's 50%, but it's pretty good. You got a lot of great grandparents out there and great, great, great grandparents. And like, it's a big country and people were divided and we all descend from them. What the fuck does it have to do with me? I would, I'm, I'm really happy that I have an idiosyncratic German immigrant who became a general in World War II. It's cool. And, or not World War II, the Civil War. And then my mom got to write about it. Um, and also like, I doesn't, you know, I am not him. <laughs> I <Yeah>. can't, <laughs> I can't take any of his glories. I can go look at his, apparently he's got like a golden sword at the St. Louis Historical Society Museum, which I've never been to. And I'd love to see it. And I'm sure it's rad. Uh, and again, you can read my mom's book, Yankee Warhorse, all about it. Um, but also what the fuck does any of this have to do with it, with any of us? Uh, so yes, Camille, absolutely send the self-addressed stamped envelope to Angela Davis because it's absolutely hilarious. And I know that you're in the red zone. I want, there's a couple of emails that like has your name, have your name written all over them. And can you, can you get to at least one or two? Let's do do another one. If you got it, if you got it teed up, I should say, because I didn't, I didn't mention what the the text of the email was. I mean, my post was that got um, Nicole Hannah Jones so upset. It was specifically that 90% of enslaved Africans landed um, in the, Caribbean and South America and 6% were sent to British North America, which, mm. you know, if slavery built the nation, one would suspect that those places might be at least a little bit more pro- prosperous and productive or perhaps closer to the United States or for that matter, maybe Russia and serfdom where the, where the institution of serfdom, which had a lot of parallels to um, chattel slavery in the United States, um, it was at least as expansive. It endured for almost the same period of time. At least they came to an end around the same period of time. And again, we don't see the same outcomes there, which at a minimum ought to make one curious about the other factors that might be relevant to the extraordinary, disproportionate um, and, and enduring success of the American project relative to other projects. Like that sort of comparative analysis, I'm not even telling you what I think, although you probably know. I'm just suggesting that this is actually really important to consider and that anyone who blithely insists that slavery is what defines America or that slavery built America is is simply foolish. There is just so much more going on there that is well worth considering um, to, to, to make ridiculous statements like that just simply doesn't even begin to have a conversation about this sophisticated, important question. So... But it's an amazing mythology, isn't it? I mean, imagine yeah. mythology. We, 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 we know of new methods of attack. And it fades out. The Trojan horse. 
But if you want to hear more, you know what to do. Go over to wethefifth.substack.com and sign up for the members-only version of this podcast, which is uh, every week. And we do lots of other special stuff, and there's a lot of old episodes for you there, too. And uh, if you want to hear the rest of this, uh, Matt and I answer some insane emails from our typically insane listeners. So you know what to do. Go over and sign up. And for you cheapskates, we'll see you in a few days with a new full-length episode for everybody. Bye. Got a sweet black like angel. Got a pin on girl. Got a sweet black like angel. I'm a form of my world. Well, she ain't no singer. She ain't no star. But she showed all the good. And she moves so fast. But the got in me. Get a gallon cheese, but you keep on moving.